When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. years ago jazz palmentary spent an entire minute driving in reverse go back check the time it's a full minute of driving in reverse in the scene where he drives a car with collagero but here a bronx tale now turns 30 years greater that's right everybody it's 30 years greater the post show recaps an rhap movie podcast in which we are driving 30 years in reverse to talk about movies from the 1990s currently all about 1993 i'm josh wiggler i'm joined here by a man who i am also going to call c yes Bronx Tale, baby. Bronx Tale. Yeah, well, you baby. you know, you passed the test, Josh, because uh, usually, you know, that that's how I know if someone's going to be a good podcast host. I unlock if, the you know, mute button. Yeah, if they do like a good intro, uh-huh. then then you know that that's a that's a good that's a good podcast yeah. co-host. Keep them. Keep that's a keeper. You Is you there... only have three great podcast co-hosts in your life. Yeah. Uh, am I one of them? And you're one of them. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you want to name the other two right now? And see what happens. Not at this time. Okay. Not at this time. At this time, we are going to go back in time, not just 30 years into yeah. the past, yeah. 1993, but further. You know back what the fifth time. is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I plead it. I plead the fifth, the fifth here, the fifth commandment, thou shall podcast. About mm-hmm. movies from the 1990s on the 30 Years Greater podcast, where we have reached, Rob, our very first and certainly, I am sure, not last mob movie. Uh, here we go. Entering the mob genre here on 30 Years Greater, Rob. Yeah. And this is one that uh, I was uh, very interested to go back and take a look at. Yes, A Bronx Tale, uh, a film that I think is spoken of in the same breath as your Godfathers, your Goodfellas, and uh, that feels like a probably not accurate representation of the quality of A Bronx Tale, but uh, I had a good time actually going back and checking it out for the podcast. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this more so than I had. You know, it's a movie that I know a lot of people in my family and my household uh, that look back at very fondly. Yeah. And for me, 
like I thought it was, you know, kind of overrated, but I did go back and enjoy it on this viewing. That was your, uh, that was like your forever take, yeah, like your coming into take. it. I think yeah. I had only seen it once, but I think I had just heard about like, oh my God, a Bronx tale. It's right there with yeah. good fellas. Like, and you know, I watched it and I was like, this, this uh-huh. is it. This is your king, a Bronx tale. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think I was very much in the camp of that. I, I like the first half uh, more so than the second half. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This was fun to go back and look at. It was fun. It was fun to go back and look at. I think like you have to divorce it from certain expectations. I think that it getting talked about as like qualitatively the same as some of these other classic Scorsese, Coppola films. Like it's it's just not that. Like the thing it has in common is it's uh, about Italian American families in New York and crime, the crime element of that. Uh, it's filmed in the 1990s, and Robert De Niro is here. Like that's like really like sort of and Joe Pesci, I guess a little bit of Joe Pesci as well. Like that's the connector. It's a shame that uh, the good son wasn't the thing that movie laddered us into uh, into this one, because there would have been the Macaulay Culkin connection uh, to get us to uh, the sticky bandit who shows up at the end of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, that's really it. Like there's like some common vibes. There's some common vibes. I just don't think it's anywhere close to as good or classic as those movies. But if like you're a real fan of the genre, I think like it's 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 diverting enough. And I do yeah. know like for certain people, this movie is just like uh, in like they're like on like their shelf, their go to shelf of DVDs. They pull and put this one on if people are still pulling DVDs from shelves anymore. Yeah. And this isn't not really like a mob movie, no. you know, and we're not really exploring it's the Bronx tale. Yeah, it's not so much exploring like the like underworld where, you know, Sonny is a gangster and then basically like other than like that he's a gangster, you're not really like seeing like, you know, a Rico case and, you know, all of the crimes that are being committed. He's just sort of like, okay, he is this uh, street smart mafia uh, mafioso character. Yes. Mob type, uh, a mob type here in Sunny uh, in A Bronx Tale, which uh, I learned a lot about A Bronx Tale in the research for this one, Rob. Yes. Um, I learned for the first time, I think maybe once upon a time I knew this, but it's been a really long time uh, that A Bronx Tale was originally based on a one man show. Yes. Uh, stage commentary. By Chaz Palminteri, yeah. Uh, written by, performed by Chaz Palminteri, who plays Sonny in this movie. The legend, Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri has one of the greatest names of all time. Uh, true or false? Uh, yes. It's yes. really up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Chaz Palminteri. There's got to be no other Chaz Palminteris in the world. <laughs> I think that's got to be it. Uh, yeah, I think Col- so. Collagero Lorenzo Palmonteri is his actual name. Uh, oh, Chaz is Collagero. Chaz is Collagero. Collagero is his real name. His middle name is Lorenzo. Lorenzo is the Robert De Niro character in this movie. So, like, a deeply autobiographical piece. I think the story goes that this play that was in like the late '80s, early '90s, De Niro goes and sees and says, "Wow, that would be." I can't do it, De Niro. That'd be good. Mm. That'd be a pretty good movie. I don't know. It's like the best I can do. It's okay on the YouTube version. Uh, And uh, they teamed up on it. Uh, They teamed up on it. De Niro directs the film from the screenplay by Chaz Palminteri. The movie has sort of like a stage play quality to it. 
Uh, it's like very legendary on a lot of different levels. It goes on to inspire a Bronx Tale musical, which I believe uh, Brooklyn Zed made me aware of this, and they had seen the Bronx Tale musical, and I think that they really liked it. So people seem to okay. really enjoy the yeah, Bronx great soundtrack. Tale musical. Uh, yeah, I wonder how much that like infiltrates the musical itself. Uh, I have not gone and like checked out the tape. Do you think but... the Mush has a musical number in the Bronx Tale musical? Yeah, I think so. I think the Mush has a musical number. Uh, I think that there's probably like a whole like Pickwick triplets uh, type of patter song when uh, poor Collagero has to like go on the lineup and uh, not identify Sonny. I bet that's mm -hmm. a big moment of tension. Uh, anyone with reviews of the Bronx Tale musical, I think we would be interested to hear. Mm -hmm. um, but had you like been hip to the idea that this was like a Chaz Palman terry like biopic almost yeah i think i had known that it was sort of like based off of like a one-man show and that that was like the origin story for this yeah yeah uh that like a lot of this i think like the the shooting at the start of the movie and like a couple of the other events in the film seem to have been like directly lifted from from his life uh so uh that's interesting. Uh, these are you know things that you learn every day. H historical fiction, uh, a Bronx Tale. Rob, is this our first historical fiction movie that we're talking about here? Free no, Willy. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would say Dazed and Confused. <laughs> sure. Uh, probably yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another period piece that we talked about not too long ago. A future period piece in Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Does the time travel element really hold up as the connective tissue here, Rob? Mm -hmm. is this time travel yeah i think that that's what we were a time jump for. there's a time jump there's a time jump uh so a bronx tale it really is a tale of two halves of this movie uh the yeah. beginning of the film taking place in 1960 is going to center on a young boy collagero uh, Collagero yeah. is an iconic uh, film name. I think one of the more uh, the, the names of the characters in this movie, like the three primary characters, uh, certainly like Collagero and Sonny are very readily identifiable. I feel like. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And um, yeah, the, the, the kid is great. He's very good. So the kid who plays Collagero, uh, Francis Capra, uh, Capra, uh, is an actor who uh, I believe we had said not terribly long ago, we might have a chance to talk about again in a future edition of 30 Years Greater. When we reach 2025, Rob, uh, Free Willy 2, The oh, Adventure yeah. Home. Nice. Uh, that nice. uh that a uh, young Collagero uh mm -hmm. is yeah. uh young Collagero Francis Capra uh plays Jason James Richter's brother. Did I get Jason James Richter? I got it on the first try. My yeah. wife would be so proud. Uh so he plays his brother. So maybe we will see him again. Uh I just uh ran and if into we get him far enough to get to Kazam if I go back and uh, <laughs> oh, do that again. When is Kazam? 1996. 1996. You know, I don't think I've ever seen Kazam. Oh, well, have so you let me Kazam? grant you a genie wish? Uh -huh, yeah, I don't think I ever did Kazam. Uh, going through Fran Francis Capra's uh, film catalog uh, won't get you too far, uh, but it will get you yeah. to Veronica uh, I Mars. Thought he was so good in this, and I feel like that by the time we got to Kazam, I was like, this is uh, this kid has no riz. He has uh, he has a really fun role on Veronica Mars. His character on Veronica Mars is like a very, very, very different character than he's playing here in A Bronx Tale. His character on Veronica Mars is named Weevil. 
I... like evil with a W. Weevil. Mm-hmm. How would you would you make a would you call him W instead of yeah, Weevil? That would, be, that would be good. W uh, would be a good name. Yeah. Uh, he was on an episode of Sons of Anarchy, Rob, as mm-hmm. uh, Mayan hitman. Yeah. Yeah, well, his look is definitely different than yes. uh, that of the young C. Yes. He was in The Strain, mm-hmm. Stragoy, yeah. in the single episode of The Strain. Unfortunately uh, for older C, uh, that uh, that he would uh, not just be playing yeah. uh, a, a criminal. We'll talk about that for sure. Uh, but I think that the first portion of the movie is the best stuff. Uh, the first portion of the movie is like... I agree. I, I stand by that the uh, first half is better than the second half. Although I think I was probably too hard on the second half in the past. I think so too, but I think that like it is a it is a real trade down. Uh, all due respect. Uh, once we switch out C's, I think like the the changing of the C's is like a real moment where the movie goes from like an A to a C. Uh, I think is probably is probably my take, but. We begin with this young boy, uh, nine years old, Collagero, who lives in the Bronx. He's mm-hmm. got a he's got a dad named Robert De Niro. Uh, his father's name is wow. Robert very De Niro. Famous name. Yeah, it's a very famous name. Uh, he's an MTA bus driver. Uh, Bobby D starring and directing uh, a Bronx Tale. Um, yeah. He didn't really go on to have like a really big uh, career as a director, Robert De Niro. He decided, mm-hmm. I guess, that like it was better to be in front of the camera. Do you think that like he got like uh, was he like shy? What do you think happened? Did he direct anything else? I don't know if he, how much more he directed if he directed too much. I'd have to go and like really survey the filmography. But this is certainly uh, like he, it looks like he directed uh, 2006's The Good Shepherd. Yeah, um, The Good Shepherd is the fine shepherd. It's just okay. The Good yeah. Shepherd is all right. I don't know. Maybe it's he didn't like great. it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a better he's a better uh, actor than he is a filmmaker. But he's like mm-hmm. competent here in A Bronx Tale. Has like a couple of shots that are really fun. Uh, so he's a bus driver, Lorenzo. Who's very much like uh, uh, if uh, if if uh, is Chaz Palminteri is Sonny white collar or no collar? Uh, because Lorenzo is certainly blue collar. I, I think that uh, he's maybe white collar. And then like the question is like, which collar is C he wears going a suit to all the time? Uh, yeah. I think that by definition, I think he's white collar. He's but he doesn't collar. go work in an office. No, yeah. I think Collagero is no collar. Uh, no Collagero uh, mm-hmm. is is a C. Uh, so Lorenzo, MTA bus driver, his wife, Rosina. And every single time I see this movie, I have to be reminded that Charmaine Bucco is uh oh yeah is uh bobby d's wife in this film. i didn't even put that together i yes. knew she looked familiar yeah catherine narducci yeah. uh aka sean sean yeah uh, a real Char- trade down to artie buco you really have it out for artie buco he sucks why do you hate artie buco so much he's just a loser <laughs> he's just down on his luck yeah you but preferred vesuvio one you yeah. preferred vesuvio one yeah. He's like such a like a tough guy, Artie Bucco, and like uh, based off of nothing. Yeah, uh, well, proximity to Tony, uh, but I feel like she's mm-hmm. like got like a type. Uh, uh, Catherine Narducci likes to play these characters who are uh, married to people who are like outside looking in on the on the mm-hmm. on the crime on the crime scene. Uh, would you like Artie Bucco more if he opened a third Vesuvio? Do you think no. a third three times a third times the charm? 
No, no more Vesuvios. Shut I it wanted, down. I wanted to name a cat Vesuvio 3. That's my goal uh, at some point in the future. I feel like that's okay. a great name for a, for a feline animal. Uh, the Artie, Artie and Charmaine Bucco, good names for cats for anyone who's looking. Uh, so she's the she's the wife. She is C's mom. And Collagero, who lives like on this neighborhood block, how much of like the old New York stuff feels like nostalgic to you at all? I mean, like we're like, you know, so, we both grew it, up like 45 minutes yeah, away from but, this. You know, I didn't like really like grow up like within like a, you know, three block radius right. playing stickball in like, uh, you know, I feel like that my wife identifies more with like uh, 1960s Queens uh, mm-hmm. than I do. But yeah. And this is the Bronx, uh, yeah. but I think it was shot in Queens. But that being said, it's, um, you know, not like growing up on Long Island. Like, I feel like this was not exactly like what this. my childhood was like. The nostalgia for me is that, like, there were so many people and like a lot of these people were like my like a Jewish summer camp buddies who were like from Long Island or the surrounding area. And like everything that they ever knew or learned about themselves came from movies like a Bronx tale. Yeah. Like the way that they all carried themselves felt like it was very sunny inspired. Like they were all collagero trying to get a little bit of that sunny shine. Was that a vibe among people in your area? Or is this like a unique to like, uh, my like Jewish Long Island experience, maybe I don't know that if somebody was like somehow connected to if not the... connected, but like sort of like the tough guy attitude, I felt like was like really like inspired by movies like this, like Goodfellas too. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it was like uh, glamorized in yeah. the '90s, where I think that people uh, like wanted to. This was like a pretty cool way to carry yourself so i think that that was like a lot of movies like this and other films like from the 90s and goodfellas like i do think that really did like uh seem to glamorize this lifestyle yeah uh so uh c is like really glamorizing the lifestyle of sunny uh mm-hmm. everything that sunny does sunny is like running this like local uh this like local mob controlled neighborhood and he's well dressed and everybody likes him and he's got five fingers but he only uses three of them mm-hmm. uh like everything about sunny is cool and like every time like uh collagero as a 17 year old is narrating the movie uh and we keep like flashing back to like this young version of collagero and he'll be like he had five fingers but he only used three and then you see like baby collagero like emulating it so like everything mm-hmm. that you're hearing you're seeing as well uh quadro like uh, this very cute kid very cute kid who's aspiring to be like a dangerous criminal mastermind yeah i feel like that really the thing that really um jumped out to me like this time through was just the role of the two father figures yes. in Collagero's life. And I think it was like an interesting discussion about those two things. And I don't think that the movie gives you like a clear answer as to which one the, you know, uh street smart dad versus uh the more like uh I don't know, like a street honest dad uh like you know the more the dad who is gonna be much more just about like family life as opposed to you know it's a little bit like a rich dad poor dad in a lot of ways yes and 
you know, that uh, Caladro has these two father figures and he's trying to like piece together like life lessons from, uh, you know, both of these two men who are very different. Yeah, very, very different. Uh, a tale of two father figures, a Bronx tale yeah. of two father figures. Can I ask you, Josh, does, yeah. does this speak to you at all? Uh, which part? The tale of two father figures? Yes, because it does speak to me. Um, tell me more about how it speaks to you. I would love to hear. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I feel like that, especially like going through this, you know, um, I, you know, have my my own uh, father who is no longer with us, who, you know, was a police officer. Yeah. He, you know, was, you know, very much like a, you know, um, of a family man, uh, you know, didn't have too much like exciting stuff going on. Uh, but then like there was like a I have a family friend who also has passed uh, yeah. and is no longer with us. Um, and he uh, had a, a business and like hired me to like work in his business. And it was not a criminal enterprise by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, he was like more entrepreneurial and like uh, definitely like uh, like had di some different interests uh, than my dad and like uh, definitely like looked at things like um, a, like a little bit more of like not a like a crazy risk taker, but, um, you know, was much more like strategic about how he would like uh, conduct his business. And, you know, that was a different, you know, father figure uh, yeah. that I had. And it wasn't like that uh, these two were at odds. You know, my mom also like worked at this other uh, like at, at this family friend's business. So um there there was not like a rivalry uh there or anything like that like there is in the movie but like i definitely can like relate these two to different having... worlds uh like and like having like sort of like these paternal figures from these two very different right worlds. And, and my father was more of uh you know a, a blue collar you know civil Austere, servant as opposed yeah. to as opposed to uh this other person who was more of like a white collar you know business person who you know was like you know running a company and um it was you know i to me i felt like that the entrepreneurial side like was a lot more like exciting than just like uh going into you know work and right. being you know on like uh, you know this is my shift here at work and then I influential come for like where you are now having started the podcast business and everything like that like can you trace it back to that time i i think that there's certainly you know parts of it and then you know when i went to move to california then i worked for somebody who was also like uh running their own business but was the most like uh out there in terms of like being a risk taker and a go-getter and then that was like another comparison of like, yeah, actually, I, I would not want to conduct my business uh, right. that way. Like, I would not want to be like as reckless as that other person uh, was. And so, you know, it was a different uh, balance to see. But I'm sure like some of it, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm not, um, I, I wish I was like as business savvy as uh, this, yeah, as, as this other person who, you know, I, I basically like went to go work for as like a teenager.
Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have that experience in, in the, in the same way. Like, um, my father is a scientist who's like a really kind of like work obsessed guy. Like he's been mm-hmm. two years away from retirement for like 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just like if he stops, I think he stops too. Uh, and I think he like feels that way at the very least. Uh, and so it's just like always been so deep into his into his job um and his job like for me as like a person who's like into comics into tv like into this stuff into movies like uh his his line of work just wasn't all that interesting Mm -hmm. to me uh uh growing up and in many ways he was like at the risk of being like overly personal was like kind of like emotionally unavailable uh and like was not like super available in a lot of the ways that i think i really like craved as like a young boy wanting that from my father uh and so i think like i didn't have like a person that represented like the Chaz Palminteri side of it like i don't i don't think i had the sunny i had the lorenzo i had like the person who was like in his job doing his job providing for the family but like maybe not giving like c a great argument uh Mm -hmm. like against like sort of the allure of the sunny side of the street um but i think i have like a a rolling river of sunnies like i think like in my in my life i've had like a rolling like kind of like group of like um like paternal figures like male role models along the way the aforementioned summer camp like being a really really big version of that uh and i think like a lot of the things like for better and certainly for worse that like i picked up uh from from like people who are like closer in age to me but like i would be like i don't know like 11 and these people who were like 20 23 years old would be like somewhere in the mix of like camp counselor meets surrogate brother meets like surrogate father figure and like teaching me what little I know whenever I'm able to bring any kind of like sports information into Mm -hmm. a podcast, like what little I know of that world and like what little I know of like, like, honestly, like cleaning up a bunk or like cleaning up after myself, like just like basic, basic skills and like how to be funny and, uh, and like what to be interested in. And I think that there's still a lot of different lessons to learn from my uh, my actual biological father uh, that I have not yet processed and have not yet figured out. And I think that even this late in my life, I feel fairly similarly to Collagero. And I think like some of the ways in which he rejects Robert De Niro throughout the movie. And I hope I can figure some of that stuff out before it's too late. Um, like, again, not to be overly personal, you're very regularly on my mind when I think about my dad, because you've talked so eloquently about your relationship with your father and that phone call that you had that precipitated his his passing and and the way in which like you kind of look at that as something of like this, like this, like miracle of, of sorts. Uh, and I keep thinking about like the unsaid and like, not feeling ready to have those kinds of conversations. I guess I'm readier to have that conversation on a podcast about a Bronx tale being mm-hmm. broadcast to thousands of strangers than I am to my own to my own dad. But like watching movies with this kind of conundrum at the heart of it, it typically like does make me feel like a little uncomfortable to be totally honest. Like I think like there's just like a lot of like raw emotional truth to an experience like this, at least as, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that it's always interesting to, you know, hear you open up like that. And I just think that the, the themes around this movie, I feel like are, uh, are very interesting 
I feel like that the the execution of everything else Not around the movie, yeah. <laughs> like, is uh, you know, is so so. Like, there's there there's fun moments in like over the course of it, but like, I just feel like that this central question I do think is like an interesting one. I think a lot of people do have sort of like these like uh, multiple you know fatherly figures, uh, yeah. especially as men uh, that we have in our lives. Yeah, for sure. So eventually, uh, the movie basically like gets to this place of C is worshiping Sonny, but Sonny kills a guy, uh, and mm-hmm. C watches Sonny kill a guy, and like at first, like you think that maybe that's sort of like going to rob him of the illusion that Sonny is like a super cool dude, uh, but instead, it seems like it just like makes Sonny cooler because he has the opportunity to I- ID him to the police and narc out Sonny. And then Sonny doesn't get narked out by him. And so he immediately finally like takes a shine yeah. to Collagero and decides his name can't be Collagero anymore. Well, I think it's not so much that um, Collagero sees Sonny kill the guy and like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like uh, he just he just clipped that guy. Yeah. Awesome. I think it was then Sonny has the opportunity to show he's not a rat. And yeah. I feel like that that above it is like, hey. I did the thing. I, I'm not a rat. I like, I like, look at me. Like, I, I feel like that he like uh, got his chance to like step up to the plate and then take that swing and like uh, tell the police, nope, don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and then that really makes him warm up to Sonny. Can we talk a little bit about like sort of like the Dick Tracy esque <laughs> rogues gallery of people? Yeah. yeah. And, and this is always like a fun part of like any like mafia movie. Of like uh Jimmy Whispers. There was this guy. Yeah. There was this guy. Yeah. Bobby Bars. Like the names are great. Like the names and sort of like the faces are really good, but there's just about no characterization of these people. Mm -hmm. But there's there's Jimmy Whispers, uh, Mm -hmm. there's Danny KO, uh, there's Bobby Bars, Tony Toupee. Eddie Mush, I think, is your favorite. Mm-hmm. You like Eddie Mush. There's the Mush. Yeah, I think yeah. that the Mush people still talk about the Mush in yeah. terms of it being just like the jinx. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that my uh, <laughs> favorite scene uh-huh. is when, you know, uh, they're like uh, playing the craps game and Sonny is like, uh, you know, feeling like, oh, oh, wait, hold on. The Mush is here. Yeah. And go and they go put him in the they make him put it they put him in the bathroom. Uh it's like get him out of here, put him yes. in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh and then also then there's the other guy, uh the whale, uh not Brendan Fraser. No. And uh and Fred Fisher like, didn't uh, get Oscar nominated for his role as Jojo the Whale, unfortunately. No, yeah, no. And then he's like standing too close to Sonny, and then uh, like that's it, put him in the bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just love that they were just uh were putting people in the bathroom and you're multiple people in this very small bathroom one of whom is the whale yeah and like the door kind of like is a jar and see there's just these two guys in there um you know it, it's funny i think everything with the mush is funny like after the time jump they go to the track and Sonny is feeling like they're gonna win and then the mush comes out and they see that the mush is uh bet on the same horse and Sonny yes. just starts like ripping up his tickets like oh well sonny what are you doing he's like that's it it's over the mush <laughs> he's we've been on this that's it let's get out of here <laughs> there's like i think like a great suggestion of the world of a bronx tale but because we're rooted in uh collage point of view like we only get that much of it 
Uh, and like, I think maybe that is partly like the success of the movie and the magic trick of the movie oh. is like, it does make you really want to like know more about that. Like mm-hmm. it makes you want to like go deeper into Sonny's world and you are like denied that, like you're not able to go any further. Um, did you mention, uh, the Drake's coffee cake guy? Oh yeah. Coffee cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name's coffee cake. Uh, I need like a good mob name. Uh, I feel <laughs> like uh uh joshy something i don't know what it is mm-hmm. uh yeah open to joshy whisper is definitely not like joshy blabs i think that might be closer to, to oh, let us know like uh give us some um a mob name yeah. yeah 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 hit hit us up at round howard at rob sesternino wherever you can find us on the internet yeah you want me to uh, ask chat gpt yeah does chat gpt know who you are uh, why don't you find oh i'm terrified don't ask uh i don't want to know you give us uh, just say my some, friend josh uh, yeah proposed, yeah uh bronx tale-esque yeah. mafia uh names, names. for yeah. a guy podcaster. named a guy named rob a podcast a podcaster named josh that's what i would love okay. to know yeah let's see let's see all right is ChatGPT gonna Mariah me? I don't know him. Okay. Um. All right. So oh God, <laughs> they call you. Okay, they got some. Okay. okay. Um. All right. They call you. Uh. This some decent ones. Okay. okay. They call you. Uh. Josh the Voice Wiggler. The Voice. I feel like I'll get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Josh Wheels Wiggler. Well, Wheels Winnaker. Oh, uh, Wheels taken. Okay. Wheels They, they want to call you Josh. Joshy Two Takes. Uh. If he's known for always wanting another take or having yeah. a second opinion. Uh, yeah, I like to have a, t- a second take. A second take is good. I'm, I love a rewatch. I feel like that fits mm-hmm. in two takes. Yeah. And they also uh, said, "Oh, wise Wiggler." Well, I mean, no one's ever accused me of that, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that 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 quite yes. fits. Okay. Uh, the scribe. Joshy Two Takes. The scribe. Mm-hmm. The scribe is too studious. I think. I think like you call me describe the way as you always say you call a big person tiny. Like I don't think mm. so. I don't know. The, the scribe. Yeah, I think like oh, you're uh, a writer. Yeah, but I'm like kind of a dumb guy. This is what are you gonna do? Uh, I'll take Joshy Two Takes. I like Joshy Two Takes. I think Joshy Two Takes is good. Does ChatGPT have a nickname for you? A mob name for you? Can uh, you find out. Okay, let me see. All right. Yeah. Of Let's course, uh, that they uh, says okay. Uh, Rob the Podfather, Sestrini. Yeah, I think that's a we little got too it. on the note. The, no, the we Rob, got it. Rob Casting Capo, Casting <laughs> Capo. <laughs> like that's the captain. Well, yeah. you're definitely the capo of the podcast wing of uh, of this corner. Rob Reality King, Sestrino. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know that you want to be a reality king. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we're not we're not a pro monarchy yeah, uh podcast. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, okay. Not, not great. Josh All right, GPT. we got him. Uh I'll go with Podfather and Joshy Two Takes. I'll be your lieutenant as Joshy Two Takes. Um yeah. So um, I love all the guys. The guys are great. The guys are great. I would have loved to have spent more time with the guys. Instead, we end up like vaulting into the future with Collagero and like Collagero's awful friends who literally die in yeah. a fire. Uh, Movie takes a turn. Yeah. yeah. Was not expecting that. Um, no. You know, like uh, that we that they know, just get Zoolandered out of existence. I, yeah. I think that, you know, the first time you're watching it, you don't expect there to be uh, the movie like because it's like, OK, uh, it's a mob movie. It's going to be a movie about like people like committing regular crimes not 
hate crimes. <laughs> yeah, it gets mm-hmm. into hate crime territory for the second portion of the movie as Collagero embarks on a romance with Jane, uh, a black woman, and his uh, peers really don't approve and they're super racist. And uh, Collagero himself like gets in on some of that. And like the movie goes on like this, uh, like sort of like sojourn through like the racial politics of the Bronx and like kind of moves away from the Sonny and Lorenzo piece of the film. And like I don't know, like I haven't seen the play. I didn't see the musical. Like, I don't know, like how much like there was in there that they adapted and chose to lean yeah, on. I don't know how stuff. much of it is autobiographical. I mean, I, you think that the thing to note uh, here is that it's 1968, a of year course, yeah. that, you know, famously has like a lot of racial turmoil that's going on. I think that even in the Sopranos uh, movie the that many nobody liked. Yeah. Yes. Um, that that I think that that the Newark riots were featured in uh, that movie, but I mean we really go off the deep end with uh, Collagero's friends like taking Molotov cocktails <laughs> to the black neighborhood. Yeah, they come out with Molotov cocktails, and let me tell you what's a bad idea: Molotov cocktails, mm-hmm. uh, and like driving around with like a car filled with Molotov cocktails. This to me, so my my like core memory of a Bronx tale is um, a rainy day at summer camp uh, and people uh, as a rainy day activity are watching a Bronx tale or playing ping pong or whatever. And so like I wasn't watching the movie, but then I stopped playing games and came into the place where they were showing the movie and I sat down just in time for the Molotov cocktail scene. So like, that was like my first introduction to a Bronx tale. I was like, Whoa, what's happening here again. This is on the other side of Terminator two. So I'm not overly scandalized, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, wow. Okay. Uh, all of these people just erupted in flames. Uh, so uh, flames on the sides of their faces uh, as all of, uh, all of C's friends are going to get consumed by uh, uh, the hoisted by their own Molotov petard uh, <laughs> yeah. Rob, is what's going to happen to all of these over the course of the movie. And like Sonny separates C out from the group. He like makes it so that he doesn't go and do any of that. And uh, C is going to go and try and book Sonny. You saved my life. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Just right. in time to watch Sonny get popped. Yeah. Um, it's uh you know among the the storyline with the love story that you know uh uh we're gonna see where c wants to borrow sunny's car yes this uh, is the scene where Chaz palmentary drives in reverse for a solid minute this is the other core memory of the movie for me yeah uh it's like a full minute it's like slightly less than a minute from the time he starts driving in reverse to the time he stops driving the car a full minute in reverse down like uh multiple bronx blocks uh that's terrifying to me to consider to drive mm-hmm. that far in reverse are you yeah. that good of a driver could you no, pull it off no no one is barely anymore. in forward yeah. yeah no one is anymore because we're all spoiled with the cameras and the things mm-hmm. yeah you know? um so that was yeah. real talent before so there, there's a couple of uh, uh tests that are discussed in the film of yeah. like how do you know if a woman is the right partner for you 
we hear about uh the Mar- the Mario test. Uh-huh. Um that oh, Mario uh, Mario is another psychopath. Yeah. Uh his nickname is uh Crazy Mario. So Crazy Mario. That'll tell you. Yes. Uh Crazy Mario has a test that I don't know if we can talk about on a podcast. Nope. Don't think um, so. I don't think that anybody uh I don't know if anybody was ever given the Mario test. No. Yeah. Um, but then we got from Sonny, Sonny's test. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sonny's test, I think that technology has made it a moot point, but I That's do it. think that this is one of the memorable things from the movie of that the Sonny test is that you go pick up your date. Yes. You lock all the doors in the car. Yes. Then you take the key, you open the passenger side door for your date. Yeah. Let her in, walk around the back of the car. Uh-huh. Yeah. If she reaches over and unlocks the door for you. Yeah. Now she that that's a key. That's it. That's, that's a it. keeper. Okay, that's one of your three great loves. Yes. If not, get rid of her. Get rid of Dump her. her. Get rid of her. Dump her. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. If, if she doesn't unlock your door, then she's just not considerate enough to stay mm-hmm. with. My wife would fail <laughs> the sunny test so badly. So badly. She might listen we, we, to We this won't one. even she explore the Mario test. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think she would unlock the door for me. I'm gonna give her that. This I'm gonna try the Rob <laughs> test this weekend. I'm gonna give her the key fob to the car, and then I'll be like walking up to like the car with like a bunch of like bags in my hand, and let's see if she pushes the button to open the trunk for me, without me having to okay. go and and put everything down to open the trunk. Okay, writing down. Check mm-hmm. back next week on the Rob mm-hmm. Fob test. It's called, yeah, it's called the, yeah, Rob the Fob, Fob test. test. Yeah, Fob Sesternino. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see how Fob, Operation Fob Sesternino goes. Uh, are we betting anything on this? Um, I don't know. It, honestly, it, it depends on the mood. Uh, okay. Like, you know. Like I, I think that this is how it would go. Like in in modern times, like yes. I'd open the door for my wife, let her in, and she would take out her phone and look at and look <laughs> and be on her phone uh-huh. in some like cockamamie Facebook group. Okay, uh, until the point when I start the driving. Suits Daily Facebook group. I don't think is so. she in there. No, no. I just joined. You did? Yeah, robust. Lots lots going on in the Suits it's, Daily it's Facebook fun. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. So yeah, that's uh. That's pretty good. Yeah, we got uh yeah, some uh some listeners talking about that they've been checking out multiple post show recaps. So yeah, but yeah, that's the 30 years greater Facebook group. Um might be fun. It's a lot of Facebook groups after mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. 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 But uh could be a good place uh to go for people. I don't who know, write in, let us know. If you want yeah. a Facebook group, maybe we could we could talk about that. But yeah, I think that, test. yeah, okay. but I feel like that these there are some like little like nuggets of like advice that you know get doled out in yes. the movie, you know. Um when you know we see young Collagero that he's into baseball and uh Sonny tells him Mickey Mantle doesn't care about you. Kid. Oh, he hated Mickey Mantle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not yeah. like Mickey Mantle at all. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Lorenzo didn't like Lorenzo and Sonny get into it at one point in the movie. Like Sonny's trying to buy Robert De Niro off and Robert De Niro doesn't want any of his money. And actually Charmaine kind of wants Robert De Niro to take the money at a couple of different points. Yeah, She's like, ah, it's just like $150 yeah. a week, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Uh, so she, it's a little, I guess, anti-Charmaine. Yeah. In that way. Um, I, I will say in, in like my, like, uh, like, you know, rich dad, poor dad, yeah. uh, scenario. My real dad was like very much, uh, the sports fan. Yeah. And then, um, you know, my other father figure, I think would probably be very much in like, like, a you know, well, we don't get anything like watching all these sports, right? right. Like, yeah. it's like. We're gonna like uh, this is like not the best use of our time to be watching 162 Mets games uh, for this uh, 82 and 80 campaign. Yeah, yeah. If we're lucky. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, you know, Lorenzo is like into it. Like it's just like a different kind of into it, I guess. Then uh, then Sonny's looking to make a buck. Sonny's always looking to make a buck, uh, mm-hmm. and that's an attractive prospect to a young Collagero, uh, certainly. Um, we should talk about uh, older Collagero. Uh, who is played by Alilo Brancato Jr., mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Matt Bevilacqua. Matt Bevilacqua, yes, uh, a key character on The Sopranos Season 2. Yeah, uh, Wabistics. Yeah, uh, loves a Diet Coke, this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how was that Diet Coke? How's it, is it good? Yeah, it's good. You sure you don't uh, want something with some sugar? Yes, uh, Collagero is concerned about his two dads where Matt Bellavacqua is concerned about mommy. Uh, so a really intense character that he plays uh, in The Sopranos season two. Uh, very, very memorable stuff. Uh, the actor would go on to get into some legal trouble, Rob. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lilo Brancato Jr. Uh, some uh, wrestled with substance abuse, uh, a couple of arrests, including one where he was charged for murder in the second degree, uh, I believe during like a burglary gone wrong. Um, he was uh, ultimately not charged uh, with murder, or he was not convicted um, with uh, second degree murder, uh, but he was found guilty of first degree attempted burglary, was sentenced to 10 years in prison in 2009 and was released in 2013. Uh, so mm-hmm. he has been uh, out of prison since then. But a turbulent ride for the elder Collagero. Uh, this was his first film as well, A Bronx Tale. Looks yeah. a lot like Robert De Niro is the other thing I'll say. Like, I think like they did cast that well as far as like finding someone who looks like a younger Robert De Niro. Uh, but like they it seems like maybe they stopped there. Mm-hmm. Like, like he looks like Lorenzo's son, but. It might have been like as far as they got with the Collagero. Yeah, just the first kid us. is so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, really, really great. Uh, really yeah. great. And I and, do and, think, like, you know, he's a good looking kid, but, yeah. you know, I don't, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Gonna do? Uh, okay. Uh, Can I ask you? So, the, yeah. uh, one of the other like lessons of the film is that, you know, uh, Sonny is like, hey, you know, there's nothing sadder than wasted talent. Yeah. Uh, now I do feel like that the young Collagero uh, seems like uh, like a pretty like sharp uh, like talented kid, but did the older Collagero seem to have any talents? Um, no, 
<laughs> like, I don't know what he was necessarily like good at other than, you know, Nothing. like the, the, the kid was like, Oh, he's like, uh, you know, he's not a rat. He's at the card games. He's fun to have around. But I, I didn't really no. know necessarily like what other than not being a, a racist. Yeah. Uh, and again, or like you a know, formed racist, like, uh, you know, like I think that like he, he is one. He's like a great example of like, God, that was a cute kid. Yeah. You know, and then like the sentence ends there. Uh, like, gosh, you were a cute kid. And then like start shooting up into being a person. And then you're like, ah, yeah. But yeah, I don't really kid. know like where the movie in terms of like where Collagero goes from here, other than like he met Jane and like, he hey, Jane. that was great. He meets Jane. It becomes a love story. It's like, uh, you know, opposite sides of the tracks kind of thing. And like, there doesn't really seem to be any major lesson about like, his time with Sonny, as far as I can tell, like by the end of the movie, Sonny gets killed retaliation for his killing at the start of the film. And he's like shot at the bar and at the funeral, Joe Pesci shows up and he's, uh, I don't think he's big or little Carmine. He's just Carmine uh, is the name of his character. And he shows up to basically like tell uh, Collagero, if you ever need anything, come see me at the bar. You know the one. Uh, and so, like, I guess, like, he still has like friends in the family uh, if he needs to pursue them. But other than that, like, Lorenzo shows. I was like, I think I was jealous. I came here to say goodbye to your friend. I gotta tell you, I was jealous. I was jealous of Sonny. And like, that's sort of it. Like, if there's like a really big takeaway from the uh, arc of Collagero in the second portion of the movie, I kind of miss it. Or I think like maybe the movie kind of misses it. And there's to some extent, the film sort of like getting there in the final narration of like, if you asked anybody, you would say it's just another Bronx tale. So it's like, it's just like a vignette. It's like a snapshot. It was, of yeah. A it's kind of a little bit of a, a Christmas story. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. It's um, kind of like a mob movie yeah. Christmas story, except uh, like not quite. You'll, I mean, you'll shoot your yeah, eye out. Yeah, Sonny did. Yeah, yeah. did. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive that they had an open casket for Sonny. Yes, whoever did that uh, should uh, be making a lot of money. I thought that was pretty good after yeah. he got shot in the head in the previous scene. Yeah, they did a good job. They patched they did a good up. job. They the patched him up pretty well. Yes, um, absolutely. That's effectively a Bronx tale, Rob. Is there anything we didn't talk about in this movie that you want to make sure we got to? No, I think it's uh, definitely is is fun. It's nostalgic, um, you know? Yeah. In some ways. Yes, some, uh, you know, some definitely uh, some high points. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just like I feel like uh, it's pretty wild in I that think, second half. I think to the question of like, is it 30 years greater, 30 years worse, 30 years the same? It's like uh, uh, this one feels like especially subjective. Like I think uh, like to me, I think it's like 30 years the same. I think the movie has like always been about this good yeah. and no better and no worse. And also like this was not like a, a big hit in the real time no. uh this is like a little bit more of like uh got play on like, like a blockbuster blockbuster you know what mm -hmm. i mean like this is like the video rental store makes the rounds uh bronx tail gets taken out a lot yeah but much like sunny himself yes um, does chat gbt have any ideas of what Chaz a bronx tale gpt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chaz G. Palminteri. All right. Yeah. What is Chaz? This is my one man show. I have to say, Uh, it's called. uh, (laughs) It's it's called um, a Bronx Legacy. Yes. Okay. That's that's the new. Okay. And this is going to follow the story of the adult Collagero. Okay, Josh. Yes. Okay, written by Chaz GPT. Yes. In the early 90s Bronx, successful author Collagero returns to his old neighborhood with his teenage son, Lorenzo, okay. after, after the passing of his mother, Rosina. Uh, okay. Hoping to instill Enzo an appreciation for their roots, C connects with old friends, including a past flame named Jane, and reminisces about his tumultuous youth marked by the influence of a local mob boss, Sonny, okay. and the moral guidance of his father. As father and son navigate the familiar streets, C is forced to confront the ghosts of his past, especially as Enzo befriends local youths involved in new yes. forms of organized crime. The Bronx's evolving landscape serves as a backdrop for C and Enzo's journey as they grapple with generational conflict moral dilemmas and the enduring significance of family and choice okay okay sure yeah it's very vague vague. very vague Uh, vague the pivotal choice facilitates a deeper understanding between father and son culminating in a heartwarming reconciliation and in a symbolic ending the two visit the transformed locale of Sonny's old bar, now a coffee shop, because it's the 90s, yes. raising a toast to the legacies and memories that shaped their lives. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Not everything needs a sequel. Yeah. You know, fine. I think we're fine. fine. A Bronx Tale 2, Collagero Goes West. Uh, I don't think we need it. <laughs> I think we're good. In which he just goes to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> it just ends up. I mean, maybe a Bronx Tale 2, Collagero Goes West was the Matthew Bell of Aqua story. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go great. You it know. didn't go well for him, yeah. ultimately. I, look, I'm sure uh, Matt Bell, Bell of Aqua has a hell of a one-man show at this I point. I expect that's right. I expect that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, all right, so that is a Bronx Tale here on 30 Years Greater. Next week, uh, we are going to uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick, Zach Brooks, Movie Ladder, our way over to another film from 1993, that is also about family. Uh, that will be the connection. Is it's also about family, um, but it's you know we've been kind of neglecting the fact that it's spooky season, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it is October, and I guess a Bronx Tale is spooky in its own right. And the three seashells are certainly alarming. But other than that, we haven't really done anything of like the Halloween mold. So let's change that next week with a movie that came out in November 1993. But why would we talk about Adam's Family Values in November when we could talk about it during spooky season? Adam's Family Values coming next to 30 Years Greater. Do I need to watch original Adam's Family to get get caught up or do I jump right in? You definitely do. And you need to watch the entire Adam's Family TV series uh, leading up to it as well. No, you could just hop into Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values is very new user friendly. Do you know what the Adam's Family is? It's a rhetorical question. This is like the royal you. If you yeah. under, if you vaguely understand, it's like a really weird family that lives in like haunted house and gets into like uh, like mm-hmm. weird haunted shenanigans uh, and hijinks ensue. You're good. 
uh, like you need like to get like vaguely know like the family setup. You'll figure it out. I think it'll hold your hand and guide you through a very fun time in Adam's Family Values, uh, a sequel to the Adam's Family movie. If you want to watch it for extra credit, you can. But uh, this is the superior of the two movies for sure. Adam's Family okay. Values better than the original Adam's Family movie. I don't All know right. that. I don't think that that's a hot take. I think that's the uh, accepted take. Um, I'm very much looking forward to watching it. This is a movie that I loved as a kid, so it'll be really funny to talk about. Have yeah. you seen it before? I, I think I saw it in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, but um, not since. Probably not. I think so. you're gonna love it. I feel yeah, like you're gonna enjoy it quite a bit. Um, uh, is it available on streaming anywhere? Um, let's see. Adam's, if not, that's such a missed opportunity. If it's not streaming, yeah. I believe it's available at Paramount Plus. So, all right, there you go. Get your P plus on uh, for uh, your next rendezvous with Gomez and Fester. Fester. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like both the, the 1991 Adams Family is available also on Paramount+. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll put that on for the kids. For extra credit, I think that that could be fun. I think you could have mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, so check it out. Adams Even Family Values. Coneheads is also on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, man. That was in 1993. We still could look back at Coneheads at any point. If you I, want I don't to think Coneheads was around. that good in, in 1993. I, I remember being underwhelmed around. with Coneheads. We could go look. Dan I don't Aykroyd. need to watch it now. Yeah. And they make, ah, those are the noise they make. It's great. Uh, Adams Family Values coming next to 30 Years Greater. Make sure you are subscribed 30 Years Greater wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating and review would be so greatly appreciated. If you want to watch video versions of the podcast, youtube.com slash recaps is the way to do that. Hit us up with any feedback that you got at Round Howard, at Rob Sesternino, wherever you can find us. Rob, uh, the reality TV spooky season is upon you. Yeah, I mean, we've got everything back. Survivor, which has been... Um, you should check out Survivor 45. I hear Survivor, that people are enjoying it. Rave reviews. Yeah. Uh, everybody, Everybody's really enjoying Survivor 45. The extra runtime is really uh, doing uh, working wonders. So you're liking the you're, 90 minutes? Yes, very yeah. much so. Anytime yeah. you uh, are feeling up for it, I think you'll uh, really enjoy it. Plus, okay. Big Brother, Amazing Race, Buddy How's Games. How's Sari doing? Still in there. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll see if she can close see. the, you know, closing the deal is really her problem. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, I think that she doesn't have to feel that way anymore after mm-hmm. uh, a certain Peacock series. But yes. Uh, okay. You know, it's all gravy at this point. So plenty of great stuff there. Robinswebsite.com. Nice. Amazing. All right. Adam's Family Values coming your way next week here on Post Show Recaps through, uh, to uh, a Bronx Tale. Maybe we will see you again in 30 years. But to everybody else, we're going to see you and the creepy and their spooky family known as the Adamses next week. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.